be yourself. Like I can't do me any better than me. So, yeah, and no one else can do it either. But just make sure that we're providing value to our clients rather than just a service and ticking and flicking boxes. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of elite agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers and leaders. With thanks to our partner, Connect Now, Elevate brings you the best tools, thinking and strategies to elevate your results. To download your written action guide from this podcast containing extra tips, links and shortcuts, visit EliteAgentElevate.com. And for more information about how Connect Now can make moving easier on your clients, visit connectnow.com.au. Here is your host, Samantha McLean. Welcome to another episode of the Elevate podcast, where we delve into some of the most interesting minds in business and in real estate for the very best tips and strategies for you to implement to elevate your business. I'm Samantha McLean, editor of Elite Agent and host of today's show. My guest today is Heidi Howe, who is the director of Harcourt St. Helens in Tasmania. Heidi was recently named a very worthy winner of Elite Agents Transform Challenge for 2021. So Heidi, welcome to the show. Hi, Sam. It's great to see you again. It feels like just yesterday that we wrapped up Transform, but it was like 30 days ago now or something like that. So (laughs) um, has life settled down for you a bit since then? Yes, it has, which has been nice, but also starting to implement some of the things that we got out of Transform, which has been good to see them bedding into our business. Yeah, it takes a while, doesn't it, for all the information to settle in and then to prioritise stuff. And we'll get to that in a moment. But there were some real movers and shakers in Transform this year and some people that had done Transform multiple times. How did it feel to go up against them and be named the winner? It was awe-inspiring, really, because I was just so proud to be in amongst that same group and certainly didn't expect that I would be because there were very high achievers in there and people I've admired from afar for quite some time as well and watched their business ethic and how they conduct themselves and yeah it was just a real boon to be in there. I think I said to several people along the way I'd actually really like all 12 of us to be able to skip along across that finish line together because we're all winners. Everyone who took part in Transform is a winner, but especially that top 12, we were just so supportive of each other. Yeah, I think um, it's the same way I feel and that's why I removed myself from the final judging because it's too hard because <laughs> I see how hard you all work and it's impossible to actually choose a winner. So I'm glad I give that job to somebody else. But this is your second year in completing the challenge. What brought you back a second time? I was just blown away by how much my business changed and I changed from the first time I did Transform. So it was just a no-brainer to come back and do it again and just compound the skills and the knowledge, but also the networking. What you learn from other people is second to none. Yeah, they're pretty cool with their sharing and things like that, particularly some of the people who are the OGs, we call them, the guys that have have done it multiple times. But did you have a favourite insight or a couple of favourite insights that you could share with everybody that perhaps didn't do Transform that you've really implemented? I've always really resonated with Claudio and the way he pitches to the world. So this year what I really took away from Claudio's session was the value bombs and to be the hero, go above and connect and be yourself. I can't do me any better than me. So, yeah, and no one else can do it either. But just make sure that we're providing value to our clients rather than 
just to service and ticking and clicking boxes was a really big one. Yeah, the value bombs are really good. They were something that everybody took a lot away from. So just for the people that didn't do Transform, one of Claudio's favourite things is answering every inquiry with a video. And I remember you being very shy on video at one point, but then you took to that challenge like a duck to water and you're basically sending videos to everyone now, like after appraisals and all of that sort of thing. What's the response been from your clients? Fantastic. They absolutely love um, the personal connection of a video. It's also a bit of a novelty at the moment because they're not getting them from anybody else. So it's one way of standing out from the crowd by sending that video message. And they can see me. They can see that I've got a genuine smile on my face and, you know, I really mean what I'm saying. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? And a lot of people get hung up about doing the videos because we wonder what we look like and wonder what people will think of us. What advice would you give to other agents who are hesitating with the video thing? I think like a lot of other people have said in the past, just do it. Doing something is better than doing nothing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so Claudio's value bombs, was there anything else that really stood out for you? Well, Probably actually something from Transform the year before, Neil Webster, when he walked away from an appraisal, he left a little something in the letterbox for people as a thank you. We've actually started doing that as an office. We've recently had to ask clients to sign a heap of paperwork with a business changeover. And we just sent a really small packet of seeds out, which we'd personalise to say thank you from Harcourts. And just the little touches, it doesn't have to be huge. It just has to be something. Another big one, which I think was in Brock Fisher's session or Wills, I'm sorry if I've got that around the wrong way, was if it's not high value or high joy, you should be getting someone else to do it. That 80-20 rule that you're always talking about, Sam, that really resonated this year, especially I had more time to take that on board. So that was certainly something that I've implemented from the beginning after going through Transform. I love that advice from Will because often when it comes to productivity, we're not as productive at doing things that we don't like and it takes us longer. I know proofreading is mine. So let's talk about the pitch because it's almost a listing presentation under pressure, which is what gets you to the $5,000. What was your pitch to the judges as to how you would spend the money? So my pitch, we live in a regional area and there's a lot of people moving from outside the state to the east coast of Tasmania. A lot of them are buying sight unseen, so they don't necessarily know the area and what it offers. And also if they're moving their family here, if it's it's their own residential purchase, they want to know what is happening with schools, doctors, all that type of thing. So my pitch was to actually create destination video guides. So a really quick and simple link that we can put on our email addresses, we can just send this link to people. And it's a video or film of us going around our town showing what we love about it, what's here, why you want to live here and what services are available. There's lots of tourism videos in our area but not so much the livability and what goes on what festivals are here all the great bits about actually living here permanently 
Well, I think it's really important too, like having that sort of thing, because having just moved states myself, you go through this process of going, how do I find a cleaner? Where do I go for the dry cleaning? Where do I get the good seafood from? Like all the things that you miss from wherever you used to live. So I think no wonder everyone thought it was such a great idea. And um, sorry, I have to mention this, but can you tell us about Fat Friday too? Yes. So as a team, obviously we're really busy and I'm big on getting back together and it doesn't happen. So every Friday, 12 o'clock Friday, head to the Harcourt St. Helens office and you're very welcome to come and have lunch with us. It is Fat Friday, so it's generally got some deep fried content in there. Um, <laughs> but we buy a few different things that we all share and we just spend half an hour to an hour together and it's just fabulous. We love it. So it's not negotiable anymore. And that's by choice. So yeah. And do you have clients joining you or is that just purely for the team? No, we have clients join us. We have, my husband will come every now and again. It's just anybody who wants to join us is welcome to. Yeah. Amazing. So let's talk a little bit about you and rewind a little bit. Like how did you end up in real estate in the first place? Did you choose real estate or did real estate choose you? Real estate chose me. It was a big accident. So one of my close friends owned the business at the time and she became quite unwell unexpectedly. I did know that the receptionist was on Daydream Island at the time, which left not very many in the office. So I offered to come in and just answer the phones and take a bit of heat off. And they never got rid of me. I haven't left. <laughs> You're still there. <laughs> so, yeah, so I did start in an admin role here and then very quickly progressed into sales. So, yeah. And now you're a business owner as well. Yes. yes. So tell me about that transition going from being in sales to actually owning the business. What's changed for you? My free time. The biggest transition has been obviously managing a full sales portfolio to then also being able to manage my business. So I've been working to bring other people into my personal sales team, if you like, so that I can have that evolution time, the family time and everything like that, because I still want to service my clients, but I just physically can't do everything myself. And I want to manage a good business as well. That's positive and productive. So that's probably been the biggest change for me. Yeah. I think I read somewhere too, that you're a bit of a serial property investor yourself. So it's interesting that you've been an agent and you also see the other side. When you're looking at choosing an agent, what are the sort of things that you look for? I'm always looking for someone who will answer my call. When I've been buying and people don't answer me and I'm waiting till the next day or even later for them to respond, I get really frustrated. So that's been one thing for me is that's how my clients are feeling too. So get back to people. Yeah, it's amazing how many people out there just don't get the simple things right, like just returning a phone call and stuff like that. That's right. Yep, or sending a video value bomb, even better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you've also got a pretty young family with two kids. How are you working at maintaining work-life balance? Because I know you've just gone from sales, which is busy enough, to stepping into being a director. How are you managing the juggle of family life with such a busy business at the moment? I have to say I don't do it very well, but I'm trying. Not negotiables for me. Well, I've compromised with the kids that Tuesday and Thursday I will always pick them up from their bus stops. Monday, Wednesday, Friday I do stay till five. That's just one simple thing, but it keeps everybody happy. Another is that I have a licensed inspection agent who does my weekend inspections on my behalf so that I can 
try and spend as much of the weekend with my family as I can. For you, it's about building the right team around you at the moment so that you can free up a bit of time. Yes, definitely. Yep. What does your average day look like at the moment? How do you organise yourself like on a regular day? I I just saw that grimace then. (laughs) I'm not a a. 5am clubber at all. (laughs) That's all right. Yeah, I should be. So usually I struggle with one of my kids to get her to school on time every day. So my day literally does start in the office about nine o'clock. We don't have any phone calls go through to any of us until 10.30 in the morning. We hold all our calls so that we can actually get some solid work done every morning and get our team meetings and all that type of thing done before there's too much interruption. Then I go through obviously with inspections and appraisals through the day and as I say, try and be back in the office most days by 3pm either to head home to the kids or to get that end of day business thing sorted. Then obviously home. If I haven't finished from the day, I'll usually work later into the night to, to tidy up everything. So. And so you did say in the beginning that a lot of the people that you're servicing at the moment are people that are coming in from interstate, like buying things sight unseen. Is that what's still going on in your area of the market? What's happening in St Helens at the moment? Because we're seeing a big influx into all regional areas right now. Yeah, definitely um, still got a lot of interstate buyers uh, and they are buying sight unseen. Because the um, restrictions with travel are a little bit eased and now we're finding they're putting the property under offer subject to a personal inspection within five to seven days. But yeah, they're buying flat out, Sam. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How are you handling the low volume problem at the moment? Because I'm sure that there's a lot of people that want to move into your little beachside suburb. Are you experiencing low volumes as well? We've definitely got more buyers than we have properties to sell to them. So we're purely handling that, I've actually put on um, someone in my team primarily to deal with buyers so that we can keep in contact with them and keep our um, our database fresh so we know if they're still actively looking. We're also doing a lot of old-fashioned letterbox dropping where we know people want to buy in those areas. We're putting it out there. We've got buyers who want to buy here as opposed to just general run-of-the-mill and also keeping very active in the community out of the office as much as possible we're going to the kids sporting events one big thing for me is I actually go and do my own shopping instead of doing a click and collect or delivery because the amount of referrals I pick up just from being in the supermarket is insane so that's one thing we're finding just really actively being part of the community so that people know to come to us when they do want to sell their property because we do need their property at the moment. Yeah, actually, that's a strategy I hadn't thought of because I'm all about the click and collect right now so I don't have to wear a mask in the supermarket. But I guess when it's a, a smallish sort of town, you'd be, you would be running into people all the time. Yes. And if they've seen one of your video value bombs, they probably recognise you like you're a rock star or something. That's funny, Sam. No. Remember, <laughs> rock stars, only rock stars get away with wearing sunglasses on video. <laughs> <laughs> So what are your plans for your business in the future? I want to really expand the knowledge and confidence of my team to, as I say, I have learned so much from Transform that I just want to dump it all on them, but I know I have to drip feed it. So there's so much where we can do this and really extend the client experience. That is what I'm really passionate about. If people connect with us as people and we're connecting with them business flows 
So, yeah. Yeah. And that's what I want to ingrain. I guess I should ask, Transform is like this intense sort of period of learning and there is a lot of content there. How do you choose what to implement first? Because we've got some big conferences coming up where I guess that question's relevant. You always sit down at things like Arik and stuff and you take a zillion notes. When you get back to the office, how do you choose what it is you want to do? That's a really good question. For me, it's more we actually sat down every week at our staff meeting. We're actually working through what we can do to increase our client experience. So every week we discuss one thing, what can we do this week to implement something even better again? So that's probably one thing we're doing, just doing it slowly and let the team decide what that progress will be. Obviously, things with social media, I work with my marketing people on that separately. But as a team, yes, it's just moving forward with the experience side of things together. Yeah. Well, that's interesting, actually. So you let the team decide. Yes. They they own it that way. Yeah, that's well, that's right. It's not a change that's been foisted upon them that, you know, that they've got to deal with. It's something that they've chosen, which I think is that's a really good golden nugget piece of advice there. I have to ask you one more question, actually, because I know from conversations with you over the last couple of months that you also run a local newsletter called the Coastal Column or something like that. That's it. Yes. How did you get into publishing and how on earth do you find time for publishing a, a local newsletter along with everything else that you're doing? Long story. I was working in banking and then resigned from that, bought a pub, fell pregnant and having a pub and a kid wasn't the go and so sold the pub. But then I was bored and I'm like, what do I do? I still need to earn an income. And there was a similar local publication a couple of towns away and we were a quite large area and we didn't have our own publication. My husband couldn't afford to advertise in the regional papers I said look I reckon I can do this and so I started the coastal column when my son was four months old and he's almost 14 now and yeah it's just gone from there it was my base income for many years and it's something I actually really don't want to ever give up I have in the last three months had someone working alongside me to assist with the content because I was I was drowning And it was really hard doing all-nighters and then turning up to work. So, again, it's just been learning the 80-20 rule and delegating what other people can do. And, yeah, I love it. It's an awesome tool for networking and I'm really lucky to have that. That's um, something most real estate agents don't have, so I will not let go of that advantage. And it's just a real connection with the community too. I love it. Yeah, I was going to say, so what sort of content do you include in the Coastal Column? And I'm sure people will will read it all the time and then probably come to you for real estate as well. Perhaps. They do know me from the Coastal Column, so it's sort of a soft introduction to most people. Oh, you're hiding from the Coastal Column. Yep, great. The content is community news and things like that. I try very hard not to be controversial. I'm not interested in starting fights between left and right wingers or anything like that. If it leaves a positive memory when you put it down, that's the aim of the game. Yeah, absolutely. And where do you get the content from? So I have a database. When I started it, I just went around every business, every club in town and said, I'm starting this community publication. Advertising is affordable. It's free for clubs and things to share their news and updates 
please email me through anything. And so I've built their trust along the way and they email me their news every month. Realistically, we probably only actually do two to three interviews a month that we have to go and source and do. The rest is just editing what people very generously share with us. And how many people does it go to? We've got a printed database or printed readership of 750 publications and our online is about 180. Amazing. So you can balance a real estate career with a publishing career. I've always wondered about that. Absolutely, Sam. You should take it on sometime. (laughs) (laughs) I'd I'd need to go the other way. I'd need to go and get my real estate license maybe. (laughs) Look, Heidi, it's been amazing chatting to you and, you know, I've loved our chats over the last few months and stuff like that. And thank you for sharing your knowledge and some tips today. If there was one key piece of advice or takeaway that you'd like to leave everyone with, what would it be? Be genuinely yourself. Yeah, I think that's a really good piece of advice because nobody else can, you'll find your tribe, right? You will. You will. We've had this conversation before. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Heidi Howe, thank you so much. Thank you, Sam. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Elevate with thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to download your written action guide from this podcast containing extra tips, links and shortcuts. Visit eliteagentelevate.com.